Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Three Crosses podcast. My name is Buzz Hanna, and I'm one of the pastors here at Three Crosses Church. And this week, I'm excited to bring my friend Chris Rodriguez back to unpack a little bit of our young adults retreat experience. A few weeks back, we took our young adults away into the mountains to pursue the Lord and figure out what it might look like to have a transformative and vibrant prayer life. Chris is going to share with us some of the fruits of that and give you a little window into how you can develop your own prayer life. Absolutely worth a listen. Thank you for joining us today. Let's hear what Chris has to say. Chris, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah. How's your week going? You know, it was nice and sunny, and now it's rainy, but I'm not complaining. (laughs) I feel like there's a complaint hiding in there somewhere. I don't know. No, I'm Christian, man. I can't, I can't complain about this. I, for, rain, right? I forgot about that. Yeah. On the just and the unjust. Um, so obviously, Chris, you and I have been friends for a long time, but for those of us that don't know you and who you are and what you do at the church, what's maybe your elevator pitch yeah. about that? I'm Chris Rodriguez. I've been uh, on staff at the church for a little over two years, and I lead Praxis, our college ministry. Um, we meet on Sunday nights at 7 in the port if you're college age and yeah I love working with students that's awesome and uh, that's not all you do you also have a, a job in the corporate world uh, tell us a little about kind of your interest in that and what you see yeah so um, out when I'm not at church I um, teach corporate uh, dance and fitness I go into um, some of the larger tech companies in the South Bay and I love it I, I love having um, having my footing in the church, uh, being able to serve in the church. But there's so many people who would never walk foot in a church on Sunday mornings who faithfully come to my classes. Uh, so in a lot of ways, me um, me being able to encourage them and, and teach them and, and love them is, is me trying to be Christ to them out there. Um, I love um, working with working with people, um, showing them about movement, helping them to find a little bit more connections uh, with their bodies and just um, just helping people uh, grow uh, in that area and find health solutions. Yeah, I remember uh, our Three Crosses listeners who come on our Sunday mornings, you might have remembered seeing you and Tisha on our First John series, kind of illustrating that point about keeping in step with the Spirit and bringing that dance and movement, almost that kinesthetic aspect to the gospel. So I remember I was there. I was on stage. I was not moving as much as you were moving. Right? Oh, there's next time. <laughs> and the time after that. And the time after that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, this is a little window into who you are, because as we're going to be talking about um, our recent experience at our young adults retreat, um, we're going to be bringing in some concepts of bodily movement and prayer. And so the way that you fuse those together, I think is super important. And so I'm glad that you're here to share your wisdom with us. And so give us a a quick view, Chris, if you would, about our young adults retreat and kind of what happened, what went on there and who was it for? How much did it snow? Like these kind of things. Oh, how much did it snow? (laughs) Okay. Oh, that's not the only thing you asked me, right? All right. Um, well it was, um, 
it was a retreat for for Soma. So our um, so really our young adults and um, yeah, and Soma of course our ministry to our twenties and thirties age group mm-hmm. that meets on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. and then twenties and thirties being elastic enough to include praxis. So yeah, so for for me, I. I've always found value when I was when I was in college to uh, to see some people that were maybe a, a few steps ahead of me um, who are still loving Jesus, who who are professional out there in the workplace, um, but still um, still close enough in age that I can relate to them and uh, maybe look to them for a little a little wisdom. So um, whenever I have an opportunity to bring my uh, praxis students around um, people that are a little bit a little bit older but kind of on the same journey I love that and anytime um, buzz me and you get to work together I'm all about that right so <laughs> that's right yeah so um, I brought about 15 of my students um, from praxis to the retreat with me and it was it was just a good time it was great um, a lot of downtime a lot of con- connecting in the snow lots of snow. Shout out to Jim and Kyle for being our drivers because we had to get shuttled up and back from the um, from the campgrounds. Yeah, I went to view the retreat site. It's called Heavenly Hills in Twain Hart in July or someplace. And we were looking at it as a potential space for our family camp. And she didn't really work to, for our family camp due to the accommodation. But I thought, man, this is a great place for our young adults. It's beautiful. Um, they have envisaged their hiking trails around there as really a prayer walk journey. And since we knew we wanted to have a retreat centering around the idea of prayer, I was like, this is the spot. There it is. And then I called them and I was like, hey, if we come out in February, is it going to snow? And they're like, well, sometimes it snows, but most of the time it doesn't. Don't worry about it. How much did it snow, Chris? I mean, they said they'd never seen snow like that. Like, Ever. Um, yeah, it was, it was wild. We had some good snowball fights. We had some good, uh, what is it? What do you do? Sledding. 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 Yeah. (laughs) I know you don't come from a land where we sled, but. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) For some of our, uh, some of our attenders, it was the first time they had seen snow. And so me growing up in the Midwest, like that was pretty normal to have snow at wintertime. So it was a lot of fun. Challenging condition, challenging journey to get there challenging to be there when it's colder than you had hoped. And I remember something the retreat director said, I don't know if you happened to be at that dinner when he was sharing and he said, uh, you should, um, be uncomfortable enough that it allows you to be vulnerable. And so instead of shutting the Lord out due to cold, wet, tired, whatever, instead use that condition to bring yourself into a place where the Lord can allow himself to speak into your heart and that you can share it with the lives of each other. And I really feel like our group did a good job at, mm-hmm. at allowing that to happen. Yeah. And so, Chris, if you'd love to share a little bit about, um, we had a guest speaker, a mutual friend of ours, Dr. Yeah. Matt Olson. Yeah. And he's been on the Three Crosses podcast before. And, man, he is an amazing man of prayer. And we wanted to connect our students and our young adults to him to mm-hmm. learn from him. Mm-hmm. And so kind of thinking about this idea of discomfort, allowing the Lord to speak, why don't you give us a quick window into some of the content that was shared and some of the ways he was able to train us to be people of prayer? Yeah, absolutely. So some of the, some of the main um, points that he, that he gave us, we actually, we actually heard some of it in your sermon, um, Sunday, Sunday morning. I did. I, I love we it. We really want them to listen to this sermon, don't we? <laughs> I Man. guess so. Maybe you're not getting it out there. <laughs> Write this down. But this idea of of the things that we do 
um, the things that we do in our faith, the practices that we do in our faith, it shouldn't be out of out of this place of us trying to earn some kind of affection um, from God. But it should come out of this understanding that we were we're beloved children of God. So laying that framework down and making that the undertone of, of all the content, then Matt began to give us some practices um, to help us foster almost this, this, this idea of walking with Jesus uh, through prayer and contemplation, which, man, contemplation, that's something that I love. Yeah, that's a that's a big word, a ten dollar word, kind of a church word to say contemplation, or you might have heard of the contemplative movement. Um, what does that What does that mean to be contemplative in prayer or to contemplate God? So, so if we were to think about it uh, like a meal, right? You have fast food that you get. You got your cup of Starbucks that you get in the drive through. And you're getting it on your way to work or in between stuff. And you you got to you got to eat on the go. You got to eat real quick. You got to drink that coffee down real quick. You don't get tired. Um, that that the difference between that and sitting down and eating a, a meal that is prepared, that there's courses brought out and you, you you're tasting it and you're mm, you're you're. This is good. And you're you're looking for for the different flavors in that meal. And it, and it takes you a little bit to eat that 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 meal. Contemplation is kind of like sitting and chewing on it. Right. Um, versus just the the fast food approach uh, to spirituality. Uh, it's something that that I feel like is is missing a lot. So in, in a lot of um, in a lot of Eastern traditions and even Eastern um, religions, we see it. And, and I, I, and I feel like the, the Western church, we've, we've kind of thrown the baby out in the bath, thrown the baby out with the bathwater in a lot of ways, because we're like, Hey, you know, stay away from that, um, that, that contemplation and mindfulness stuff, because, you know, we might get the pagan cooties, you know? Yeah. We were even talking about this before we were recording that there is a way in which we, try to draw boundary lines between Christianity and other faiths. And I think mm-hmm. we're, we're happy to say at Three Crosses, and, and I believe fully with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is God and he is Lord, and that that's something that we don't want to negotiate about. But sometimes we can get so worried about doing a wrong thing that we just don't try anything. And so the scriptures talk about this concept you've been sharing with me. I think about Psalm 119, right? That meditate on the law, on the law day and night and, mm-hmm. and keep thinking about it and keep savoring it. I remember last summer we had our Shema series, Deuteronomy chapter six, verse one. And it says, you know, Kiro Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one. And it goes on to say, you know, teach this law to your children when you lay down and when you get up and when you're coming and when you're going, and there's just this enrichment of every aspect of your life with the word, with prayer, you know, like you're talking about savoring mm-hmm. that meal, taking the, the time and the space. And we don't do that very well in, mm-hmm. I think, in the West, in America, and in particularly in the Bay Area, being on the go, being busy, to unplug and sit down and, and really engage with the Lord. We don't do it very well. Well, you know, I think about, I, I even think about some of the Christian contemplative traditions that we have, um, a lot of them came about in a time, um, and this might sound familiar to um, some of you people if you live in the Bay. Um, it came about in a time where where churches and people 
um, in major cities. They were they were seeing in innovation, but they were also seeing um, seeing people missing what was truly important, um, specifically about life and and even about Christianity. Um, so you have this time when there's corruption that's happening in the church and um, and and poverty, the 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 distinction between those who have and those who don't is growing. And this is, and this has happened in hundreds of years ago. And there's a group of, there's a group of, um, of Christians who decided, you know, what, we're going to get out of these cities and we're going to go into the desert and we're going to simulate what, what Jesus, what Jesus did and his, um, and his prayer practices. And these became the desert mothers and fathers. And out of that tradition, um, we have these contemplative practices that was then taken back into the cities um, and and revival and revitalize a lot of people's faith. All right, so we're kind of going all over the place <laughs> in, in a sense, in, in a good way, right? Because we, I mean, we had a retreat and there was a lot of snow, and now we're out here in the desert with the mothers and fathers, right? But the idea behind a retreat, I feel like, is to create that space in our lives to engage with the Lord that we don't get on the regular in our heavy, fast paced city Mm -hmm. life. You know, we were talking about like just the corruption and the work and the pace and the rich poor gap and running and striving that was happening at that ancient time. You know, as the scriptures tell us, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, I feel like that a lot in my life. And Mm -hmm. I know you do too, when you're always on the commute, going to the South Bay for work and to create that space in your heart for engaging with God, they literally moved out of their town and created that space. And we didn't move out of our town. We moved out for a weekend. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like some of the value is in going away, even for like a weekend or a short time to create that space? Like what, what happens there that doesn't in a daily life? Well, you know, a lot of times when you go out to these spaces, um, you end up being limited to what you can do technologically. Like your phone usually doesn't have service. You usually can't uh, check social media Though some people find ways. You, where there's ways. a will, there's a way, right? right? Yeah. Um, but but the reduction of distraction. Yeah. You're talking about, yeah. Yeah. So you kind of have to go in, in some ways back to some of the bare essentials of like, wow, I have to have a conversation with these people next to me. Or <laughs> I have to like go to my journal and actually um, think about some, some things. Or well, I can't do work right now. I just can't. There's yeah. no, um, there's no way to do it. I can't, I can't receive a call from work or, or different things like that. And it's something about, about having those little spaces and moments. And this is not me saying, Hey, everybody quit your job, stop doing what you're doing, forget about your responsibilities, but we need some, some moments in our life where we have this space to disconnect so that we can reconnect with Christ and with our community. Yeah, so even thinking about that contemplative idea that you're offering us of sitting and chewing and thinking and savoring and taking a long time to imbibe what the Lord brings to the table, that retreat space uh, almost more naturally has that because you're away from tech, you're away from job, you're away from whatever. Mm -hmm. And so um, was there any sort of opportunity at our retreat to engage some of these practices, begin working on our prayer life, so to speak? Or was there a moment that you felt like from one of our sessions that jumped out to you as something that really took advantage of our environment? Yeah. So, um, so with this, with this idea of, um, of getting away, reconnecting with Christ, um, Matt, 
introduced a few practices of contemplation that we can do on our own. Um, some of them a little bit more, I don't know, not not as common as others, like like breath prayer, praying in with your in breath and and out with your out breath, and using that as a, a as a way to kind of simulate. Um, breathing in Christ and, um, and breathing out our worries or our fears and, and anxieties. Um, but there's some other practices, um, that involve prayer and scripture. Um, one of them is Lexio Divina, which is, um, translates to the divine lecture. It's this process of taking a, a chunk of scripture and, and, um, and just reading it, chewing on it, um, praying it, um, and just kind of resting in it, um, and other practices like that. Some of imaginative prayer, um, which is that's something that's super that I love so much. It's it's kind of a another early church contemplative tradition um, where you take the the stories in scripture um, and you and you read them, but you imagine yourself uh, in that story. Um, and as you're as you're praying and as you're seeing the circumstance that you're going to, you're looking at that and you're paralleling it with the circumstances that you're in and seeing that God is there to meet us and that Jesus is faithful in those moments, just like he was in those scriptures. Yeah. One thing that Matt also challenges us with is the idea that some of these ways of following God or types of prayers or even reading your Bible is what he calls downstream, which if you kind of envision a, a river, if you've ever gone tubing or canoeing floating downstream is easy. And so in other words, there's things which you do in your spiritual life, which are natural for you and easy. For me, Bible reading is one of those, particularly Bible reading as a study, like combing for information. Like I love it. Right. And like almost like fact finding, reading it, not like a textbook, but like more like a textbook, you know? And one thing that's more difficult for me in the way God wired me is that imaginative reading, like Mm -hmm. trying to put myself in the shoes of the biblical characters and parallel my world to theirs. And so that way challenged and stretched me, um, in a really, really good way. You know, at Three Crosses, I love our church, and I feel like we're a very Bible-centered church, and I love that. I want us to continue to be that, Mm -hmm. but um, I find sometimes my prayer life is more difficult, you know, and then even thinking about the concept of wanting to pray more so that God is happier with me, Mm -hmm. um, that's a real struggle that I have. And so Matt's teaching me, like, you are a dearly beloved child, and God wants to connect with you. That's amazing, right? And then to use the scriptures as a springboard for my prayer life, like Lectio Divina, mm-hmm. was like really life-giving to me. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need to jump kind of almost from zero to 100 in the prayer mm-hmm. process, so to speak, but really like using the, the word and praying back the very pages of scripture to Christ like was, was awesome. Mm-hmm. So do you want to give us like a quick example of like what a Lectio Divina could look like, almost like lead us through a little... Yeah. Uh, nugget of that, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So typically, you're gonna you're gonna read um, read a, a passage of scripture, right? So um, I'm not gonna read it, but I'm gonna just kind of share a story that we all know. Um, once we read it, then we think about it. Um, um, then once we've once, then once we've thought about it, we um, we take a line from one of those from one of those passages and we pray it out loud. So now we're taking the scripture and we're turning it into a prayer. And then after that, we have to rest in the fact that, Hey, 
God hears our prayer. Usually that's taking the hands and, and open. For me, I take my hands, I open them as if I'm receiving something from God. Um, and then the last part of it is, is, is to assign an action to help you remember the thing that you prayed prayed in the, um, in the scripture you have. So, um, a story that some of us, um, probably know, um, is the story of Jesus being on the boat with his disciples. Um, he's asleep on the boat and, and the big storm comes and all his disciples are, are afraid. And, because they're afraid, they, they look over and they see Jesus sleeping on the boat and they wake him up and they say, don't you, don't you care about us? Don't you see that we're all about to die? And Jesus wakes up and he says, peace, be still. And the storm stops. So I want you to think about that, that, uh, that passage of scripture and that story And I want you to maybe imagine yourself as somebody that's on that boat with Jesus. The waves are crashing. The storm is raging. And you're afraid. Maybe that storm is the storm that's in your life. Finances. Work. School. You look over and you see Jesus. And he's over there just sleeping while the storm is raging. But Jesus is asleep on this boat, on the same boat with you. So he knows the storm that's going on in your life. And Jesus ultimately calms that storm with his words. So as you're thinking about this, the scripture, maybe taking a line from the story and turn it into a prayer. For me, that prayer would be, Jesus, I know that you are on the same boat as me. I know that you see the storm and I'm thankful that you calm the storms in my life. Once you've prayed that kind of prayer, then you sit, just sit and say, thank you. I receive what you're offering me. I know that you've heard my prayers. And then once you've done that, take a moment and just think of some kind of action that you can apply to this week to help you remember that Jesus is right there with you on that boat and that he's there to calm that storm. For me, that action will maybe be as I'm driving on my commute or when I see the rain, I thank God and I say, Jesus, I, I thank you that you that you see my storm, that you're on my boat, that you come the storm. That's basically a Lexio Divina. Yeah, thank you, Chris, so much for leading us through that. As you were talking about being on the boat and being on the storm, I was thinking about 
how my inner life, my worries don't feel that calm right now. You know, I feel caught between thinking about the future and worrying that I have a present with too much to do. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a boat kind of rocking, you know, and to think about Jesus sleeping. Sometimes I feel mad that Jesus is sleeping. It's like, man, get up. Like you can fix this. Like, but you, you're asleep. Where are you at? You know, mm-hmm. get in here, get in here. Yeah, yeah. And so I don't know if there's somebody kind of waiting for that breakthrough that is mad at Jesus for sleeping, so to speak. Um, but I feel like that peace and that calmness that he exudes in his sleep is something that we all really need, mm-hmm. you know, and then he always calms the storm. Peace, mm-hmm. be still. That's a good word for me today. Peace, mm-hmm. be still. My favorite line from that, from Matthew's version, is at the end, um, the disciples look at each other and they say, what kind of a person is this? What manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Mm-hmm. Right. And that, that identity of Jesus revealed as the one who calms the storm is so beautiful. So that's my prayer probably for this week is what yeah. manner of man is this that even the wind and waves obey him? Like that's mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus Christ that we serve. And I think that's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. So... Man, that's such a fun window to kind of revisit some of these practices. And I've been trying to do them in my day-to-day and week-to-week life mm-hmm. since retreat and mm-hmm. um, give just a little window into what sitting and thinking and contemplating. You know, we didn't take a lot of facts out of Matthew. We didn't talk a lot about like high theology out of Matthew. Mm-hmm. We just used the scripture as a, as a prayer vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a way for our listeners to, if they've enjoyed that, to, to keep reading the scripture in that way, you know, mm-hmm. to make it life-giving, like a, the Hebrews 4 tells us that the word of the Lord is living and active, mm-hmm. right? And I think it wants to involve itself in some ways in our life. It's not just a book of facts, but it's alive and it's ready to change your life because the Lord is involved in the process, right? It's, mm-hmm. on, the, it's on the pages that change you. It's the Lord, right? It's, it's his revelation that, that really speaks to you. Mm-hmm. I think I think there's there's this there's there's also this thing of um sometimes we um we're so scared to start because we're we're afraid of doing it the wrong way. We're approaching we're afraid of approaching God um with maybe the wrong technique or the wrong knowledge base or I don't mm-hmm. really know what this fully means. So instead of engagement we 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 wait and we and we question, but if we come back to this whole thing of of beloved children. Um, and if we come back to this, this piece of contemplation being the sitting and chewing on and, and reflecting, uh, if we're saying this is how we approach God, this is a, this is a way that we can approach God. We can, we can find confidence and scripture tells us bold boldness to approach his, his yeah. throne. Yeah. That's beautiful. I think, you know, as an adult, like I only want people to see my product when it's finished. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want, like if I'm say drawing a picture or uh, for me, it's more like preaching a sermon, right. Or whatever. Like, I don't want people to see the ugly first draft. Like I want you to hear it after I worked on it, you know, and like put my best foot forward. And I notice my kids, they don't care about that at all. Like if they're drawing a picture, they don't want me to see their finished product. They want me to see the first draft and be like involved in the process all along the way. Like they have such boldness as you're saying to approach me to involve me in their life and they don't care about their quality of product. As a father, I don't care about the quality of my kids' art product. Like, there's four. Like, it's a scribble. Like, but I love it because it's from my kid. And I think about that, like, in Lectio Divina. Like, I want to, as an adult, like, wait till I'm good at the practice. And then I'll bring it to God. And I feel like you're exactly right to say, like, have a little bit more boldness and come like a beloved child. And, like, give God your scribble of a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he'll love it. 
Yeah, he loves it. And how can you get better at drawing unless you get some scribbles? Mm-hmm. You know, like you got to get on the road. I love the idea of a prayer practice. Right. Me being in this fitness world and this dance world, I hate being bad at my art. Um, but to not be bad, I have to do it bad a few times. Um, <laughs> a lot of times. True. And that's not to say that I'll ever be perfect at the art that I do. Um, but but I get better at the practices. Um so as we're the practice that we're doing with God and contemplation is this practice of learning how to be um, learning how to be intimate with God. Yeah. Um, learning how to how to listen. Um, learning how to maybe even accept the fact that hey, God just wants to hang with us. God just wants to be with us. He. He just wants us around because we're his beloved children. That's a practice in and of itself to accept the fact that this God that created all things wants to sit with us in our little lives. I have a hard time believing that in the sense of actually acting as if that's true. It's easy to believe in my mind, but to sit with the Lord because he wants to. I don't know. So for, so for those of us that are, you know, kind of hearing some of these concepts for the first time and valuing this idea of sitting with God and chewing on this savory meal, engaging into the contemplative processes, and, but not having a retreat coming up on the calendar to go to, right? Just a normal person with a normal life. What are maybe one or two suggestions you might have for somebody as a first step into creating some more space for this richness of contemplation or scripture style meditation or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think there are in the Bay Area, it kind of lends itself to us uh, in a lot of uh, a lot of ways. We don't really have time is something that always just kind of gets gets beyond us. We never have enough of it, but we eat Um, (laughs) and and more than we eat, we commute long commutes. Um, I think these spaces of um, what. Maybe a commute might be a frustrating thing. You know, I drive down um, a few days of the week, early in the morning, I'm driving down 880 and bumper to bumper traffic. And then I look up and I notice the mountains that I never notice. Um, And that's an opportunity for me to thank God. Uh, What I started doing on my commutes is I'm either um, reading a book or listening to an audio um, listening to the audio Bible or listening to um, some music that's encouraging, uh, sometimes even praying. Um, while I'm eating my meals, I try to have those meals be meals of just quiet, you know, opportunities for me to just kind of um, disconnect and not just numb out on my technology, but also, but, but use it as an opportunity to just, just be quiet and calm my soul a little bit. You know, a lot of us pray before we eat, and I never really thought about the idea of turning the whole mealtime into that silent contemplative prayer. I think mm-hmm. that's really beautiful and really practical, I think, even for those of us at work. Um, or uh, skipping a meal and fasting, mm. and instead of taking that time and turning it back into yet more work, but take that time you normally spend eating and turn it into a space for prayer. Like that's where that fasting and prayer dialectic really can speak into your life. 
So those are some beautiful, mm-hmm. really practical tips. Yeah. You're telling us you're reading a book. Do you mean audiobook? Because then you're not supposed to text and drive. I feel like reading it like a like a book book and drive in. Like that's no, the next level. No, I read the the hard <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. So um, so I love resources like Audible. Um, there's even now with I don't know. We can use technology to our advantage. Sometimes there's a book that I have on Kindle that I'll put on a I'll put on a function of um, where it will read the book to me. Um, technology, man. I know. It's crazy. People are probably listening to this on their commute. They're like, we got it. We know how to commute and listen to things. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. There's great sermons. There's great whatever. And then there's receiving content like books and audio and even this podcast. And then there's that space for silence, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like we're so apt. I'm so apt to turn my spaces into a uh, noise-filled space. Mm-hmm. And I need that quiet mm-hmm. in my spirit. And so yeah. I'd encourage you to say, maybe don't listen to podcasts one day a week going to mm-hmm. work. Yeah. See how that silence challenges you and forms you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was um, I was preaching um, just kind of about discernment at Praxis, and we were looking at the story of Elijah, and uh, and he's God does this awesome thing, these miracles. He brings fire from heaven. He stops the rain, and then he starts the rain again. Um, and, and Elijah was the one that prophesied all this stuff. It's just crazy. And then Jezebel threatens his life and he gets freaked out and he gets scared and he runs and he says, God, take my life. Oh my goodness. Why is this happening? This is the worst. Where are you? And then God calls him up to the mountain and he says, he sees a big storm and, and all of these things happen, hurricane and all of these things. But God wasn't in the storm. Yeah. God was in the quiet and he heard God's voice in a still, in a still small voice. How many times in our life do we make these storms? Do we make this noise, um, or do we, or we see the noise and we see the the storms and and all this stuff, and we and we and we're looking for God in that. God wasn't in the storm. He wasn't in the noise. He was in the quiet, in the still small voice. So I think what you're saying of like having these moments of just silence, it's we're getting ourselves a little bit more sensitive to hear the quietness of God. Um, that can be such a loud truth in our heart. Yeah. Man, we've only dipped our toe into the contemplative movements this session. We haven't even really talked about any of the good that came out of our retreat, so to speak. There's always so much more to do and so much more to say, like following Christ is such a rich process. But man, Chris, I just want to thank you once more for taking your time to share your expertise in your heart and your passion for Christ with us. Thank you for partnering with me in ministry here. And uh, I'm excited to see where God takes us. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm always so thankful to learn from Chris and work alongside Chris. I feel like he and I share so many values in common, yet are so different in terms of our personality and our upbringing. It's beautiful how following Jesus brings us together. And I value what Chris is for me. And I hope it's been valuable for you to hear from somebody who is kinesthetically and spiritually oriented, how the Lord can use those movements of prayer to speak into our week. If you have any questions for me or for Chris or need some help getting connected here at Three Crosses Church, you should reach out. Just email us at podcast at threecrosses.org and we will 
hear from you soon. We're praying for you. We love you. Hope to see you on Sunday. God bless. Thank you.